Good evening and uh, welcome to my eighth podcast and uh, also the YouTube. You can see it on YouTube. And uh, I'm going to be talking to you uh, about part two for the treatment of agenesis. As it mentions here, we are going to be focusing on implant replacement of agenesis of permanent teeth. And in this, let's recap a little bit about what we left it at. And uh, I want to warn the, you know, if you are not a dentist and you want to watch this, there is some uh, surgical pictures. And it's important because in, in, in this uh, podcast, I'm trying to reach both uh, patients, uh, public, and uh, as well as the colleagues, because they know how to refer and what's the right treatment to give for the patients. With that in mind, uh, I'm sorry about that if you are not a dentist and you find it a little bit uh, offensive, but that's the part of what we do uh, day in and day out. It's uh, it's an important topic for me from all of them. Uh, been, I do very extensive surgeries, but uh, I find the agenesis treatment, especially in the anterior area, to be um, one of my favorite, but also one of the most challenging because you're dealing with a uh, teenager you're dealing with the parents. Uh, teenagers' compliance is, is a big problem. Finding their growth is another problem. When is the right time? And as we know that uh, male do uh, mature, not mentally, I'm talking about uh, growth a little bit later. Um, I know it's a jab for the boys, but that's okay. Uh, regardless of that, you know, they... Um, they do grow uh, on a different pattern and they do grow later than female. And the female do grow also younger in the 16th, 17th. But also you have to assess the patient themselves. I mean, you can have some 17-year-old uh, that they look like 14. So you have to see if this growth is continuous. Um, we used to take the x-ray of the hand and we look at the uh, epiphysis uh, by the thumb and the index. It's not very common nowadays, and it's very hard to get. Uh, so you get to talk to an orthodontist who's treating, and they can see the changes in the growth. But I have a story for you. The growth has another spike, which is after the 20s, up to the 30s, and throughout our life. So if you put a crown for a patient under 20 or 18 on an implant, you have to warn them that this crown will might start looking shorter than the others within 10, 15 years. And these are not forever and they need to be changed. Having said that, let's uh, go back and do a small recap of what we talked. And I'm just highlighted the most important points. Uh, when we talk about uh, agenesis, usually you have one permanent that is the most commonly uh, missing ones, and uh, they mainly the in what I've seen in my experience, mainly the laterals. Uh, although the literature here that I'm quoting is different, and it is uh, prevalent in three to seven point five percent in permanent dentition, meaning uh, not the baby teeth, and um, can be uh, associated with some genetic syndromes, and you find it a lot with ectodermal dysplasia. So this is the recap. Now let's uh, uh, jump in and start uh, discussing cases. I'm going to show you three cases uh, for the limited time, and we'll see if we can do them all. I'm just keeping it as short as possible uh, within 15 to 20 minutes the most. So 
the treatment options are dental implant with bone grafting at the time of the placement or preparing the site and then come back and place the implants. And we'll see the difference where we do the judgment on those uh, two different options or uh, potentials. I really want the orthodontist to stop moving canine to replace the laterals or any permanent tooth for the matter. This is really the most horrific thing that is happening. And this is was implant, not anymore with implant. Implant is the best replacement. I had a, a young patient that came to me and they were telling her to move the molars to replace her molar baby tooth, meaning change her malocclusion and the risk of high rate of resorption. Now, if you take the canine to replace the lateral, that's even worse because you have such a proeminent root, it will lead to a resorption of the buccal plate. And most of the time, there are thin phenotype with orthodontic treatment. You are asking for a disaster. So please, please, I urge you, and I urge the patients, if you go to a dentist or an orthodontist that suggests for you that, please leave them as soon as possible. So I'm sorry about the colleagues that are going to be offended, but that's the reality. And I am very passionate and very adamant about this point. So let's take this young lady. Uh, she is missing the lateral. Like I said, it's mainly the laterals and what you're going to see in most of the cases, except the third one, I'm going to show a multiple teeth. <clears throat> uh, so you will see here, it is missing one, not the two of them. That's another thing that can happen. They don't have to be bilateral. And that makes it even more challenging because imagine if this young lady had a very high smile line and you have to match the right to the left. So here when we look at it and you can see that the other challenge in those things, and it's very common, um, you have to be careful about the roots directions after orthodontic treatment. And you can see here we have a deficiency in the ridge. But if we go back to the image here, if you remember, we talked about the interocclusal space. Where is the bone here? Because that's where the crown is going to come out. Should it be higher? How can we match this to this? And these are the challenges because natural teeth and implants are totally different. With an implant, you have a crown, but also there is the prosthetic platform that sits on the implant. So you need to take all of these into consideration in order for you to place an implant in the right direction and end up with a proper length of a tooth because once you place the implant, you marry to that implant. So this is a deficiency, buccolingually, meaning from the outside to the inside. When we look at the radiograph, this is, you can see the challenge in here. You had the root is tilted, not bodily moved. Secondly, the canine, the apex curves all the way up into the side. So that limits the side here, although we have a big width here. So when we look at the 3D image, the CBCT, as we call it, you can see here we have the width, but we have still a big concavity. And this is where I like this image from all of them, because here you can see I want to place my implant as centered here, so that whole buckle is gone or missing. So that is another view with an implant. So that's why I always say in my, what I call them my charism, set your goal and work your way back. Our goal is always prosthetic. So you need to um, put the tooth and merge the crown, the implant to the crown. And uh, 
here we can uh, do the 3D printing. That's what I do when I have ridges that they need to be augmented. And you can see the amount of defect that you have and we're dealing with. Now I made a guide, a, um, a 3D printed guide. This is at the, this, this case space, uh, basically uh, four years ago. And uh, you can see I was still retesting the guided and I was just doing the pilot just in case I want to move from it or I recorrect myself, especially when you are placing a 3.3 millimeter, it's only one drill. <clears throat> so now we go to the site, we open it. This is the flap that I do. Again, no vertical incisions. I can slice the papilla, intrasulcular, here crestal more towards the buckle slice the papilla, papilla sparing basically. And then you come from here and you stop at the line angle. Now, if you need to extend, you extend now at this level down. All of these, you can find them in publication. You can see how we manage the flap. So we open the flap, we place the implant, implant is placed uh, guided, or uh, drilled guided, that's not uh, a placement guided, but you can see here we have a good lingual but we have a deficiency on the buckle. It's exactly how I showed it. It's a beautiful uh, defect because this is a well-contained defect. So the growth of it and as at a ridge buildup, it is very guaranteed. So now we have it opened and uh, implant this place. After you clean it, you can see the dehiscence. Now, uh, because I have printed the, the jaw beforehand and I know the defect, how it is, now I, I have templated it. All I have to do is uh, just put the membrane layer the bone, the allograft, uh, cancellus and corticum, and not mixed, and achieve primary uh, closure by stretching the flap. And from there, you know, you wait for the healing, the seven months you open it, look at the beautiful bone that was built. That's why you don't need autogenous bone. For the people who still believe in autogenous bone, you are wasting the patient or putting the patient in so much in a surgery that is not needed. And please do not use any more xenograft. We are in the 21st century. So now we go and then we do the temporization at the time of the second stage and recovery. And we reposition the tissue to maximize our keratinized tissue. And now we let it mature. And this is at six weeks maturity. And you can see now how the tissue is well graved. And this is the final in place. I worked this case with a uh, lovely young uh, dentist and I walked her through every step. I even took the impression with her present to show her how to do it and do the whole thing about capturing that soft tissue uh, that we have built. And we worked with a great, uh, I connected her with a great uh, lab technician here. It, it is Giacomo and he did such a beautiful work. Look at this incisal edges that he created for her. Now moving along to the case I'm going to call her Caroline, and you can see here we have a uh, defect a recession. We have a uh, lack of keratinized tissue. We have uh, no space interocclusally. And when we look at the x-rays, we notice that uh, the central here had lost bone on the papilla. Look at the difference here. You have bone here. There is no bone. And I warned the patient that we might have a little bit of recession, and it's very hard to recover. Uh, but it will fit with her length of the teeth because we are looking at having her also veneered in the anterior. 
So this is the look the way it is. And now we look at the CBCT. Now you can see we cannot place an implant and graft at the same time. We need to build the site and then come back and place the implant. Obviously, there is a concavity. The thickness is very small. It doesn't allow us. And here you have to keep in mind, we are not only building on the buckle, but we are building also on the palatal. This is for people who want to get involved in surgeries. The palatal is as important as the buckle. That's why I set my goal, the implant, and then see how it is. If it is prosthetic driven, your goal is to be score retained. And you can see that you need to build the lingual as good as the buckle. Now, uh, these are comparatively the right and left. Now, this is the 3D printed. That's why I do on all my cases. You can see, again, let's do it again. And uh, you can see the defect. And look at the nasopalatine and look at the lingual deficiencies. Now, when you print that, you can also look at it from a different perspective. You can see exactly how you see it on the uh, rendering. And this is the defect and nasopalatine, as I mentioned before. So now we compile the soft tissue to it to see how much we need to build. And you can see it here. And look at the amount of interocclusal space. Is it only soft tissue or it's only bony also? And we notice that it is a combination of both, but mainly bone, uh, soft tissue. Uh, so that's what I mean by interocclusal. So all of this turned to be soft tissue, as you can see it here. And the placement of the implant, prosthetically driven. I set my goal, worked my way back. And then you can see that I need to build all of that bone on the lingual. With that, I uh, see the volume that I want. I template the site. And then we go and we open. And this is, I combine the flap. This is the nasopalatine. And again, I apologize if there is patients watching and that I will enucleate the nasopalatine. And uh, now we go ahead and we build the bone using a uh, allograft, cancellous and cortical layered plus the resorbable membranes, stretch the flap, achieve primary closure. This is at seven months. You can see the rendering to show you. And you can see the amount of bone that we were able to grow both buccal and lingual. And now we go ahead and we use the guided. And I want you to see how much bone loss she has on this. And that's what will lead to recession. As I told her from the beginning, we place the implant and we verify based on the ITI that it is three millimeter, three to four millimeter from the adjacent teeth um, CJ. So we compiled all of these things at the same time of uh, preparing for the guide. Now we uh, close it and then we go back for the second stage and the second stage is done with the U-shaped flap. You can see that in my upcoming uh, uh, book in January, you can talk about how I make my flaps for the soft tissue management around the implant. And uh, we temporize, always temporary is a very important phase and we let the soft tissue mature. And this is the result for Caroline. And you can see comparatively from where we started to where we ended. She's happy. We see her for every three months. This is at the three years follow-up. 
So the last case, and we end with this, probably almost on 20 minutes, uh, multiple uh, hypodontia, uh, and then uh, it's very rare. It's a very, very old case it's prior to digital, uh, and you can see the difference in it. That's why I like to end with it. And uh, here we plan the implants. And when we plan the implants, we that's the time we used to do the wax up over the uh, model in stone and then you can see the wax up where i want them this is will be my guide the suck down the suck down will be made from this one with a uh the the the, the length that i need this is for the posterior and the wax up of the posterior so now we go ahead and we uh, plan on the scan you can see that we have a buccal concavity so we are gonna achieve both we're gonna do the implant plus buildup of the bone at the same time. Again, you can see this is a very old case uh, that dates over uh, 15 years. Um, sorry, I lost touch with the patient, but I'm trying to get her back. Nevertheless, this is when we used to do the suck down uh, guides. And you can see how long I've been doing this uh, therapy and how I have evolved it with time. And we, uh, I created little things here and there. And I shared it with a lot of my colleagues that took my lectures. And you can see here, I do uh, use the burrs for the crown lengthening, and I trimmed out the bone to create that space. That is very important. Look at the where that wax up is going to end up here, and I need that prosthetic of two to three millimeter. And I do the same on both sides. Now it's, it's let's go back, sorry, this is too fast. You can see here how this uh, osteotomy is done properly. Now you place your implant using the guide today. We do them more eloquently than, than back in the days. And uh, nevertheless, we uh, put them, we build the bone on the buckle. And you can see how uh, old is this case. You can see it from the implants. This is a Stroman one back in the day. The lock sim was not detachable. You had to unscrew it out. And that's why I'm saying this case is over 12 years they don't make those things anymore and that is the uh, grafting uh, on the buckle and these are 3.3 not blt bl that's when the bl came about and uh, build the bone let him heal did the posterior immediately actually we immediately loaded the posterior believe it or not and uh, you can see the temporization and then we let them heal and then we moved to a final a couple of years later i was able to get her and that was uh i guess in um, 2014 and uh, that was the last time i was able to see her um you know so this is the final on both sides and on the interior very happy when she came she was so happy i this is what makes me enjoy what i'm doing and that's what i told you i love this kind because this is where you really change somebody's life and you can feel like you have improved them to the better and with that <clears throat> this is a, a radiograph of a few years after that to show you the uh, bone uh, adaptation which is wonderful and i look forward to see her again i am gonna push more harder and with that i want to end uh, the treatment of agenesis i hope that you enjoyed it and i hope that you have more questions or answered your questions. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can find me on the social media. 
um, and uh, you can send me messages and uh, or you can reach me on my uh, on the office email info at edgardlchar.com um, and uh, I want to thank you for listening and I cannot end it with a better beautiful view uh, this is in 2021 I took this picture uh, from my homeland that's the Mediterranean you cannot have a much better view this is where my father comes from, the north uh, of Lebanon. And uh, it is a beautiful, peaceful. You can never replace this beautiful imagery, especially when today the temperature in New York, it is 30 degrees Fahrenheit. You will miss the Mediterranean. Thank you so much for attending my, uh, my podcast. And I hope that it was uh, fruitful for you as it is for me. And uh, with that, I... Uh, I want to thank you again, and I look forward for more to come and to uh, share with you more of my uh, experience in 2018.